0: Good morning.
1: You're just in time.
0: Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement.
1: Let's start our day together.
0: Good morning. Come on in. Pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn.
1: And I'm Amanda Miller. And we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show.
0: Mr. Cameron Clutters, our bro Sto sitting right next to me. And right away this morning, we'll continue our Advent Reflections, Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family, and then joining us at about 8.15 or so are our friends from Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus, Deacon Jeffrey Fortcamp, Rich Finn, and Barb Fortcamp, and we'll be talking about planning Catholic funerals and burials. Good morning, Amanda.
1: Good <laughs> morning, Dave.
0: You lead us... Start us with a prayer
1: in the name of the father, the son, the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your goodness and for your graces. We thank you for all the ways that you are attentive to us, sustaining us, loving us, leading us and help us to see that in the ways that we don't typically see that to feel your love in the ways that we don't typically feel loved. We thank you. We thank you for being a good, good father. And we ask for the grace to just draw ever closer to the Blessed Virgin Mary as we journey with her and the Holy Family through this Advent season. We offer our day to you. We ask for just open hearts and open minds to love you more and more. And we offer this prayer through the motherly intercession of Mary. Amen.
0: Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. How's your weekend?
1: It was fun. Yeah.
0: Do tell. What was the <laughs> most fun?
1: Um, I really enjoy dancing. So mm-hmm. I went dancing with some friends. That was a lot of fun. I uh, I'm thinking about maybe taking some lessons. Just, you know, add a little extra hobby in my life.
0: Nice. What li- kind of dancing?
1: I like salsa dancing. Mm. Yeah. But I met some people who do ballroom, so maybe I'll try that.
0: I like salsa.
1: <laughs> you like chips with that salsa? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do.
0: I would need a lot of lessons. But you dance <laughs> quite a bit, though.
1: Um, off and on, yeah, yeah. I'd like to pick it up more. Yeah. yeah. And then Sunday, I went to Child Social Services, and we helped wrapped gifts for their you know, gift drive. and So that was really nice.
0: Very nice. Very nice Saturday. I had a prayer group uh, that we meet uh, monthly. And then yesterday we were uh, able to join uh, the Lewises, Alan and Kristen, and the family, the team at Sancta Familia uh, Center for their Christmas luncheon.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was
0: very nice. They have a great group there. and
1: uh, Yeah. Well, maybe for those who aren't familiar with Sancta Familia.
0: Yeah, right on Cleveland uh, Avenue. Near sh- between Schrock and One Hundred and Sixty-One, it's a it's a health clinic. Mm. So integrated health, Doctor Alan Lewis and and his team. It it it's very much a ministry, and, and that's why I, I think spending time with them. They they're united in in their mission mm-hmm. and the love that they show to all of their patients, and they have a beautiful chapel there. Um, uh, where they you know have mass once a week and it's just a very prayerful team and again they're united in mission and you know there's they're so much suffering uh health and otherwise that uh they're able to really care and they do care a lot for their patients so
1: that's beautiful yeah
0: yeah it's very nice and we have a big week ahead of us here in the cafe we're continuing our series on Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family by Father Mark Toops. These books are available at both Generations and the Marian gift shop. Just look for our picture, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Yep, Yep. there you go. Right there at St. Paul's. (laughs) So last week we focused mostly on Mary, Mm -hmm. and now this week will be... Uh, Looking more at the heart of St. Joseph. And of course, uh, yesterday, the second week, uh, second Sunday of Advent, uh, we were introduced to St. Joseph, his heart, and purity as a condition um, that, or not a a condition, a, um, a reality of both Mary's and Joseph's hearts, mm-hmm. they they were pure. They were focused on the Lord, trusting in the Lord, uh, obedient to the Lord. But there's a, I guess, in terms of setting up this discussion for today, Father Toops wrote: Trust, trust the process this week. How have you become comfortable with things that are foreign to God? Have you become familiar with sin? How have you rationalized that a little bit of sin is okay because everyone else is doing it? Have you become desensitized in your spiritual senses? Ask for help. Ask for purity. Ask God to resensitize you to sin. Of course, that was a big part of uh, St. John the Baptist, right? Uh, You know, repent Mm -hmm. and, and turn to the Lord. So this week, Monday of the second week of Advent, we pick up, with the key word today is protect cameron you want to lead us in the reflection
2: sure thing father mark writes as we saw yesterday during the second week of advent we will intentionally peer into what is mary's heart and ask how did joseph love her We have seen that there is no better word to describe Mary's heart other than purity. Mary's entire person, body, and soul was totally pure. Joseph loved Mary, so he always sought to protect her purity. We have seen that something is pure if it is free from foreign or inappropriate elements. Mary never sought anything that was foreign to God. Certainly, Mary was tempted by external factors, but she never gave in to these temptations. Thus, an essential aspect of Joseph's love for her was protecting her from temptation. This meant that Joseph never wanted to tempt Mary in any way, which required that he and his own heart be free from sin. He had to remain vigilant and sensitized to the movements of God, as well as vigilant and sensitized to the reality of temptation. Due to Mary's essential role in salvation history, we can infer that, that she was subjected to particularly strong temptations of the devil. When we are tempted, we should imagine how much Mary and Joseph must have suffered in this regard. As Father Mark mentioned yesterday, he loves epic movies such as Braveheart or Outlaw King. But why? Because of the battles. A man's heart has been designed for battle. The problem, though, is that most men are rarely taught what a real battle is. Every man, especially a husband or a father, is called to the ultimate battle of protecting purity. If he is a husband and a father, he protects not only his own purity, but especially that of his wife and daughters. The first way that a man protects the purity of the woman in his life is by not being a source of temptation. In this battle, his strength is found in God's grace. And by the constant choice to say yes to purity, it might seem impossible for us to love as Joseph loved. We laid the foundation last week, and on Sunday we prayed with the word available. On Monday we focused on depth, Tuesday on standard, Friday on help, and Saturday on dependence. We are all called to protect one another from temptation and not be a source of temptation for others. Spend some time today. Looking deep within and ask what this means for you.
0: Psalm 51 tells us, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Today's scripture reflection comes from Mark chapter 9, verses 42 to 48. Amanda?
1: Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, It would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched.
0: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hmm. Serious.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, honestly, when I was doing this reflection, um, you know, I was going through the book and I was like, oh yeah, this is nice. Okay. Protect. And then I read the scripture passage and I was just like, whoa, this is, this is pretty stark. Um, but it's also a reality.
0: And our reality, Cam, as husbands and fathers is to be that protector, uh, as father, uh, Mark writes, you know, to, Right. Enter into the right battles, Uh, you know, have the right, um, the right fight in mind. And primarily as husbands and fathers, it's to be protectors. And uh, especially in terms of uh, purity.
2: Yeah. Um, As I was going into this week praying, especially wanting to get to know St. Joseph more in the way that he loved Mary. I, uh, I think what, was being brought to mind for me too were the titles that I know of St. Joseph and the two that really stood out was we call him Joseph most pure. And then we also call him Joseph terror of demons, you know, I love and, that title, but like they, they have to be related because it's the same person, right? Uh, the same Saint, the same St. Joseph. And as I was reading that intense scripture passage, I think that's kind of what really stood out to me is I was like this, Husband, father, saint that we see in the life of Marian in Jesus as as protector, as defender. Um, his terror of demons comes from his like, you know, gentle desire to protect, mm-hmm. and and his walking with Mary in that way, where where he's not afraid to like step in front of her to block the temptation. Um, all while being like this gentle, pure protector for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are beautiful thoughts, Dave. You mentioned um, battle, and then as I'm thinking about this intense scripture, I think you have a point. Like keeping in mind that the battle that we're against is that of of sin, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the the beauty, Cam, of like what you're sharing is for the the husband to be that protector, um, and. It makes me think head of the domestic church, of the family, right? That the battle against the family is that, that sin and those temptations um, and to step into that protecting role.
0: I think today builds really nicely on uh, Father Toop's reflection yesterday about, I kind of mentioned it at, at, at the beginning, how comfortable we become with things that um, little sins you know, and and desensitized to um, how they are still um, opposed to our need for God and how we um, are brought closely through His grace. You know, to living a pure life. I, how dependent we are on grace, mm-hmm. truly. Really, but the more uh, desensitized that we become to sin the easier it is to sin and we rationalize and we're, you know, I know I've, I'm guilty of that. And I think we all are Is you know, it's, it's not that bad. You know, this is just a, you know, this movie, this, um, cultural experience, whatever it is, you know, it it's not that bad, but you know, it is a slippery slope mm-hmm. very, very often.
2: What that makes me think of is, I I have numerous memories growing up. Every night my dad would, after we all went to bed or as we were going to bed, he would walk around the house and make sure all the windows were locked, all the doors were locked, the garage is shut. You know, little things were picked up, stuff like that. And I can't imagine my dad ever saying, well, the garage is shut, the doors are locked. It's not that bad that that one window's unlocked. You know, we'll just leave it that way. You know? mm-hmm. Surely no one's going to try to break in through that second story window or whatever, but he would lock it anyway every single time. And and I think that ties into yesterday's reflection and today's reflection of like not justifying leaving the window unlocked when it's especially my job as, as husband and father and protector to make sure the windows are locked to make sure that like the house is secure as my family is going to bed when we might all be more vulnerable that way.
1: Mm-hmm. As, I, as I was reading the reflection and what stood out to me was a man's heart has been designed for battle and Cam as you're sharing that story it makes me think Well, my thoughts when I read the, that part was um, as a woman's heart to let yourself be fought for um because sometimes i think we have this false sense of independence um you know part of the fall of of not allowing the the man to be a leader and i think that that's an important lesson also here that um just the woman's heart can take away
0: mm, nice what's our practical takeaway for today can i offer one
1: yeah please
0: check the locks right <laughs> yeah yeah, just uh, look uh, look for uh, where the areas of weakness are in in your in your battle lines to um, you know shore up the defenses and do what you need to do, guys, to to protect the family. And take those, take a look and then do it. Amen. So, Amen, Father. I humbly ask that you help me to find your to find you deep within. Give me the courage to live and love as Joseph loved Mary. Our friends from Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus will be with us next in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Stay with us.
4: Oh, good Jesus, you are the most high God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father, and sent the holy spirit to guide us we implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need bless and protect the vulnerable give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty your forgiveness we seek your love we need your protection we implore forgive our sins and heal our wounds strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen.
5: Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of docility is seen in St. Dominic Savio. He lived docility heroically by his willingness to be taught. He recognized the goodness in his teacher, John Bosco, and opened his mind and heart to the Italian priest. Dominic's docility prepared him well to accept the Lord's call to leave this life at the age of only 14. His readiness to welcome grace gained him eternal life. Let us ask St. Dominic Savio to pray for us, that we too may grow in docility. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com.
1: Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller.
0: I'm Dave Orsborn. And now joining us from Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus, our friends Rich Finn, Deacon Jeffrey Forkamp, and Barb Forkamp. Welcome, guys. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. morning, Amanda. Good morning. Thanks for being
6: here. Oh, Thank you for asking us.
0: Yeah, so Rich, uh, let's uh, start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the uh,
6: Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus. Well, I've been working with the Catholic cemeteries for 42 years, Dave.
0: 42?
6: Yes. and uh, Since you were a teen.
0: <laughs> thank you.
6: <laughs> well, and in that time, the last 30 years, I was director of cemeteries, and I stepped down in the end of June, and Deacon Jeffrey took over and the, the reins of the directorship of the cemeteries. Uh-huh. And I've been helping in the transitional period. Mm-hmm. What, of advi- what advice have you given him Oh, advice, uh, well... Just stay calm.
0: <laughs> he looks calm, so it was well-received. So 42 years. Um, as our conversation develops, I'm sure there's been a lot of changes uh, in both uh, funerals and, and burials over the last uh, 40 years. So look forward to your uh, your reflection on on some of those changes. Deacon Jeffrey. Yes,
7: good to be with you guys. Wow. This really wonderful. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you're heading Catholic uh, Cemeteries of yeah. Columbus now.
7: Yeah, starting in July, filling uh, into the big shoes that uh, Rich uh, has uh, served well, and um, so it's an honor. It's mm-hmm. a joy to be uh, working for the cemeteries.
0: And you are a deacon, hence Deacon Jeffrey. Yeah, just about yeah. fifteen
7: years as a Fifteen? <laughs> as a you started as a deacon. teen as well. <laughs> right. Wow.
0: Yeah. So. Is this now your um, your your full time ministry? Then
7: it is my yep full time uh, ministry, full time job. I'm still a, uh, permanent deacon assigned at Our Lady of Peace Parish in Clintonville, mm-hmm. which is where I grew up and my sons went to school, where I was married and confirmed, and just uh, definitely home to me. Um, but my professional life, uh, I spend most of my days at the cemeteries.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have a twin brother.
7: I have a twin brother.
0: He's yep. married too. Barb Kim. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then I have an older sister. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yep.
7: Yep. yep. So, who um, lives across the street from me, and my parents just around the corner. So, this oh is our home. And, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. So.
0: And, Barb, you joined Catholic Cemeteries yes. earlier this year. Um, yes. Or about January. a year ago. Yep. It'll be yep. a
3: year in January. Mm-hmm. My role is a marketing and communications coordinator. And then I do help with the special events that we have at the cemeteries mm-hmm. as well. Just whatever needs help
4: with. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. now one of the ways I, I imagine that things have changed in the catholic world uh the increase in cremations so i wanted to i know there's been confusion around whether you know what's appropriate what is uh is not appropriate so why don't we start there um let talk about cremation and what, what's the catholic view on on cremation
7: so the short answer is it's permissible, but still retaining the whole body, not cremation is preferred. So we would um, we teach and 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 welcome the practice of cremation, but again the preference is to keep the body uh, whole and that's um, buried um, in ground or above ground, mm-hmm.
0: of the whole body. Mm-hmm. Barb, when you were in, uh, speaking with, uh, Bill Messerly, uh, a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, it came up with, um, the wishes of, um, of someone to have the, the Catholic, a Catholic funeral, mm-hmm. a Catholic burial. And sometimes that wish isn't really well known to, to their loved ones. What in the whole planning process, how, how can we make our wishes known?
3: Well, it's best. And I feel honestly that it's a gift to your family to, <clears throat> excuse me, prearrange. So go to a funeral, go to the cemetery, select, <clears throat> excuse me, all of your arrangements and mm-hmm. make them known and make them known to your family and, and have them on file at the funeral home and at the cemetery.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, can that be as uh, simple as I'd like to have a rosary prayed mm-hmm. at, at, at my memorial.
3: Yes. Okay. I mean, you can include everything yeah. in your prearrangements. arrangements. Yeah. Everything. Your readings, your music, um, who you want your pallbearers to be. I mean, it can be as detailed as you want it to be.
0: Okay. And how, how do you help a family in the, in that way?
3: Well, they would come into the cemetery or the funeral home and sit down, and you would go through a process of just these are the, what you need to the decisions you need to make and you know, start with whether you want traditional burial or cremation and just go from there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Should that first phone call though, should it be to a funeral director or, and then do they work with the Catholic cemeteries or can you start with Catholic cemeteries and go to, to a funeral director? Yeah,
7: well, even the best scenario is even before the, the time of death Maybe years, even decades before that is even on someone's mind is to pre-plan and to have work with a funeral home, work with the cemetery and make those intentions and even better um, pay for them in advance so that your children or your, your spouse doesn't have to worry about anything. Everything's taken care of. We, we do a lot of planning in our lives, uh, whether it's a house or a wedding or a job. Um, this is maybe one of the most important things you can plan for it's really actually quite simple to do Um, takes a little bit of effort because you have to uh, go and and meet and 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 maybe think about something that's difficult or uncomfortable and that's that's our own death Um, but we've got great professionals both in our uh, funeral homes um, in our community here in Columbus or um, certainly, at our offices at Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus to help mm-hmm. kind of navigate that, and I, I say it's kind of like buying a house. You don't, you maybe do it once <laughs> or twice in your life, and it's foreign, and there's a lot of um, numbers and paper at times. Um, but we want to have that be um, not only getting through that transaction, but just having um, the peace of mind that you're 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 prepared. For uh, something that is going to happen, unfortunately, the, the the truth is death will happen, um, and so if we can prepare and make sure our wishes are known and just have it less stressful for our surviving family and friends, um, that's our goal. Mm.
0: We have uh, Deacon Jeffrey Fort Camp, Rich Finn, and Barb Fort Camp in the Saint Gabriel Cafe with us this morning. How many cemeteries uh, are operated by Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus?
6: Uh, Dave, <clears throat> we have four cemeteries that we manage in central Ohio. Mm-hmm. We have St. Joseph Cemetery down on the south end in Lockbourne. Our oldest cemetery is Mount Calvary Cemetery, which is downtown, uh, just west of downtown on Mound Street. Okay. And then we have Resurrection Cemetery. It's been open since 1973 on the north end, up on Route 23. And then out east on Route 40, we have Holy Cross Cemetery.
0: It, are, it, this may be a really odd question i mean are they, they're situated then in different geographical areas is that just to serve people in those areas just so their loved ones are are close by or is are there really are there differences in in the cemeteries
7: oh both i would say and and i'll just add to and i'll come back to that i i think um what i always love to share is we've got about 50 cemeteries owned by the diocese of columbus in the diocese boundary so all of our counties um so there's 50 50? 50, yeah so around 50 five fifty. there um four are they're all owned by the diocese and four are managed by catholic cemeteries of columbus and then the other 40 plus are um managed by local parishes so most of those are outside of 270 and and kind of our Um, north and east and south parts of the diocese Um, so uh, that's also a part of um, cemeteries in the diocese so I just wanted to put a plug out for our pastors and our cemeterians out in um, more rural setting of our diocese and the good work that they do um, similar to us caring for families
0: no those other 46 are they still active (laughs) what's the right word yeah Uh, yeah
7: so so it's probably um it's closer to you know 40 um that are that are i had no idea yeah that are active and then we have some that are inactive and would be just um in um, a maintenance mode um that um there's our loved ones are still buried there and our commitment to our families that come to catholic cemeteries columbus just as it was um (laughs) A hundred or <laughs> longer um, is to care for those bodies until Christ comes again, right? At Amen. Christmas, we're celebrating not only the birth of Jesus, but that uh, the promise that he will come again. And um, so until that time comes, our, our promise is for the perpetual care of those graves.
0: Now, all the differences then between the four that that— you operate yeah so there,
7: yeah so there's um definitely um by age and and um the uh landscape um it's just a little bit different um so you and you come in and st joe's is um been around since uh, uh 1920 13, 19, oh th- yeah 1913 yep uh, mm. of our, we've got a chapel beautiful chapel down there that's <laughs> 19 uh 28. Um, but the, um, uh, so the, so it's been around. So we see, you know, family names, beautiful markers from, um, really even, you know, born in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, and then the, our newer cemeteries resurrection and Holy Cross, we see, um, familiar names, um, maybe a little bit different style of, of how the, the land is, um, laid out and sections are designed but uh, but all all of them are beautiful that's one of the things we really take pride in is making sure that when someone comes to our grounds it's uniquely catholic um just not our office but our grounds and
0: what ma- what makes that. a cemetery catholic
7: well uh certainly it's been blessed um and set aside for a particular purpose right and that is for the burial of uh loved ones um and so, um, but certainly how we, the standard we have for it, how we care for those grounds um, and um, the care that we provide for the families when they visit, when they come to bring their loved one, um, is um, also hopefully unique and um, special. Mm-hmm. Not to say that other cemeteries, secular or, or um, uh, non-religious, non-Catholic cemeteries don't care for. Right, no. But, but in a, and we just it, it's it's a higher calling and hopefully we live up to that standard. Well, it's a ministry yeah. of the church, right? I mean, Absolutely. It, it, yeah. Yeah. A work, a work of mercy. Yeah. That's, That's it. A, yeah. Yeah.
1: Deacon Jeffrey, you use the word, uh, set aside, which makes me think of consecration language. Is there a tie there?
7: There is. Yeah. In fact, um, we are working to, um, consecrate all of our cemeteries to the sacred heart of Jesus and Mary. So we're, um, we just had Bishop Fernandez down. Um, uh, was it in uh, November and um, and had him? Or was it October? October, October yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we had um, Bishop Fernandez um, not only bless some new buildings that were uh, built on our campus at Saint Joseph, but also to consecrate the cemetery to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yeah, so definitely that that love that Jesus has for us and um, his burning heart for us and his love and his mercy and care. Hopefully that is what is present um, when individuals, families visit our cemeteries and and celebrate the liturgy, the funeral liturgy, um, but also um, whether just coming down to uh, remember their loved ones and visit their graves.
0: Deacon Jeffrey, uh, Deacon Jeffrey Fort Camp, Barb fork Camp, and Rich Finn are here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Uh, all with the Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus. Was this a calling for you, Deacon?
7: Uh, that's a great question. I um, I'm not uh, you know forty plus years into. Uh, um, working with the cemeteries and rich has got a great story hopefully maybe we'll have yeah. how he got uh into the business is <laughs> worth uh, uh a, a good story and then s- the same with um unlike barb who is a fourth generation funeral home director and 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 part of uh the death care um industry um this is newer to me as a as a deacon certainly i would um pray with those dying and 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 the in the loved ones um, at, as part of the funeral liturgy and, and visiting the cemeteries. But most of my professional life's been in the nonprofit world. So um, I think the, hopefully what I can bring is some business perspective to cemeteries are a business, and um, we have to run it like a business and as a ministry. Just like Catholic Radio, there's <laughs> there's a business part to it, sure. but also a ministry part to it. Just like our parishes, there's a business part to um, running a parish, um, but also we can't lose focus on our mission. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's what I can bring in my role as director. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great to be able to come to the cemetery, come to work every day and and, and be able to pray and, and join others in prayer and, and keep that uh, in, as a priority and, and right in front of us as we do our work.
6: Rich Deacon teased your story. What's your story getting involved? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I started out uh, as a counselor, as we called them back then. It was a salesperson helping families make arrangements, mm-hmm. both pre need and at need. And I took that job out of college. And I, uh, my mother-in-law was working there, so I thank her for getting me in- into the cemeteries. And I, I took the job because it had benefits, and I was married, and yeah. you know, it seemed like a a good thing to do until I found a real job. So <laughs> <laughs> So 42 but years that later. That took a while, huh? <laughs> yeah. it's taken me 42 years <laughs> looking at retirement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's uh it it was a ministry uh it, it working with people at uh maybe one of the most uh challenging times of their lives when they have to make selections and things like that. It was uh it was very fulfilling to help them and i made many great friends and uh that was uh it's been it's been a real blessing for me and my family mm-hmm. and barb you're fourth
0: generation
3: yes fourth generation on okay. both sides of my family my okay. parents met in mortuary school so both sides are funeral directors yeah
0: is it the um and any of you can jump in on this uh, just uh, talk about the uh, the pastoral needs and caring for for the family um at maybe uh their greatest need <laughs> right um how, how do you train for something like that
3: i don't know <clears throat> it was natural to me because i grew up that in that and mm-hmm I'm a nurturing person and hope a caring person. And it just, it is definitely my ministry to be with people in their time of need. It's definitely difficult at times, but it's also such an honor for me. Mm-hmm.
0: And and it doesn't stop at the burial. I either, these are really places of prayer. And I, I know when, you know, the part of members uh, of my family, um, visiting them at the cemetery and, you know, generations and extended family, uh, it really a beautifully maintained cemetery. It is a resting place. And just having that, uh, that sense of peace, I I imagine is such a huge part, uh, of what you guys do day to day is to make sure that the, the grounds are maintained, that, the sites are respected uh and that the people that do come to visit um can have that time of prayer Mm
7: -hmm. yeah absolutely and i think for us um that is so important and it's it's a it's remarkable just to see people coming daily and regardless of the weather you know that they're they're there um you know rain you know snow ice you know mm-hmm. um and and i and i get that um it's more than just a habit you know there's there's a connection to a loved one a spouse maybe that spouse for you know 50 <laughs> you know 60 70 years and um and so realizing that that we want to make our cemeteries a place that um is authentically catholic that's beautiful um, but also safe and accessible for individuals to to come and be and sometimes we do that better than mm-hmm. <laughs> other times so it's it's a work in progress and um, but we have a great staff um, we often think of the folks that we interact with in the office um, that maybe help us with uh, the purchase or selection of a grave but we've got a, a great group of um, men out in the field that in our on our grounds that care for um, our grounds and, and are at graveside and, and, and helping those families and it's really remarkable because um, for many of them I, I don't think I would embarrass them in saying this you know are not necessarily Catholic we have some Catholics that are on our grounds crew but I mean they just in their own way, see their work as ministry. And, 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 and they're they're very respectful and caring and attentive to the families and to the grounds and to the graves. It's really remarkable. And, and the other thing that's wonderful about our grounds crew guys are that they've been around for a long time, especially in an economy today where we see, you know, guys bouncing around, you know, and not staying longer than, you know, a week, let alone a year, or something For like that. Forty-two years. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and then we, but we also have those guys out um, as our superintendents. You know, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just really remarkable, and I think that speaks volumes to Rich, but also to Catholic cemeteries and what um, a as a, as an employer, as as a as a ministry, um, it is truly is so. Mm-hmm.
1: Rick, you were mentioning part of your own story. Uh, you know, originally it was, "No, oh, I you need to get a job, support your family, and whatnot." But it sounds like part of your story is it you really got more of a sense of the ministry aspect of it as you you know continued to do your job. Just wondering if you have any insights or or s- stories along the way that struck you that really you know, made you r- realize the the missionary aspect of the work that you've done?
6: Well, I mean, a couple times a year we have services, and our big service is Memorial Day weekend, and then we do something in the fall uh, around All Saints Day, All Souls Day. Um, And when we have those services and people come out to the cemetery and they come up to you Mm -hmm. and they say, I remember when you helped me 20 years ago or 10 years ago, and you, you, you really helped at a very difficult time for us and you made it so easy and it was just uh, wonderful working with you there's the satisfaction yeah that that I get you know from and and you don't you don't know that sometimes Mm because you know you you don't hear it but when they come back and and mention that to you you know that's just you you just you realize that you're doing something very valuable and helpful to people and what, what better way to work than that
0: right you know
4: yeah.
0: rich finn deacon jeffrey Fort camp and barb Fort camp here in the cafe with us this morning they're all from catholic cemeteries of columbus are they are there chaplains assigned i know typically in, in in ministries you have a a chaplain so are there cha- priests assigned to each of the cemeteries
7: there are there are not so um Often, if someone is coming to a um, cemetery for a graveside service or a liturgy in one of our chapels, they're coming from a parish. Okay. So, right. Um, yeah. So we've got um, a um, a lot of good men coming from all over the diocese and, and and helping families to bury their loved one. And so one of the things that, uh, just as an aside, you know, I really want to make sure that our chapels are Places that um, elevate and, and 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 are comforting places for our families as they come here, and and for our priests um, and deacons that um, minister in those spaces. So um, that's something that we're really try to be very attentive to. Um, but we don't have, unlike a hospital system or okay, um, other you know, or prisons or other you know ministries
0: well that makes sense i mean all all all, all the parishes participate right yeah so So you
7: but it brings up an interesting um challenge i think what we're anticipating you know at least i'm anticipating you know that's the case now so most people will come from a parish you know they have a connection to a parish they have a connection maybe to a priest or to a deacon and at the time of the death of a loved one they'll go to that parish or to that to that person um, but that's, that's, that's changing, right? We know that, and so that disconnect from the church and that engagement with the church is just gonna continue. And so how do we, as a Catholic cemetery, continue to make um, our cemeteries a place welcoming and being able to celebrate the beautiful funeral liturgy um, where there may be a disconnect or even um, a hostility uh, candidly to the church.
0: Um, is that, is that one of those things that can be handled in in the pre-planning process then? Yeah,
7: absolutely. And what, you know, I say is, you know, mom and dad may have prayed the rosary every day and, uh, maybe have gone to mass every day. Um, but if, if they don't communicate what their wishes are, then left up to the children, um, the children may say, you know what, it may just be easier for us to have a celebration of life in a, in a funeral, home and um we have a cremated uh remains um of mom or dad and um and then maybe at some point we'll get to we'll get to the cemetery but if if the parents can be clear that this is our wish this is our intention to even go one step further and and prepay for everything um so that there's no worries on there's no burden on their children um that what a gift that is mm-hmm. uh, to to the family and then um, and that's where we can then help step in and uh, make sure that those wishes are honored.
0: How does the family, is it is it up to the, the parents in this case to communicate to their family that these arrangements have been made?
7: Yeah, so it's just like a, um, uh, you know, advanced directives, right? You know, mm-hmm. how do we, we've got to memorialize them, we've got to write them down, right? And, and, and make sure that, you know, your kids have, you know, whatever your wishes are at, at the end of life, um, you know, the medical care, um, that you may want or not want, um, the same is, uh, for our funeral and, and cemetery plans and making those, um, communicating those. And what's, what's wonderful, we see a lot of parishes and, and our staff have participated on those. I know Rich has pr- participated in Barbara participated in lots of opportunities where parishes will host, um, basically a speaker series on end of life so you'll have um an attorney a funeral home director and the pastor and that's not start of a bad joke um not walking <laughs> to a bar but you know he the, uh, um, but then they'll have you know like a dinner and sometimes even the catholic foundation will will sponsor the event and uh, it's just an opportunity to cover a lot of different bases um you know will and the advanced directives and funeral and cemetery plans. And maybe there's some estate planning, financial planning that also happens Mm -hmm. there, but then also, um, helping to understand the funeral liturgy, the beautiful three-part funeral liturgy and understanding, um, what, um, that's about. And, and, you know, maybe even getting the details of selecting music and readings and all those kinds of things. I know my parish, Our Lady of Peace offers that and Immaculate Conception. And, um, so, um, those are different ways that we can help families as well.
6: Rich Um Dave, we have a wonderful pre-planning guide that families can get from us that helps them start this process. How do, how do they get uh, their hands on one? Contact one of our offices and we'd be happy to send one out to them.
0: Okay. Is that through the diocese website or do
6: you have your own website? We have our own website through the Diocese of through Columbus, dot org. Okay. Nice and easy. Very easy, very <laughs> easy. Kind of goes right along. Get one of those guides, and you can protect your family. As we talked about protection mm-hmm. earlier, so goes right in with today's theme.
0: Nice, nice. Rich Finn, Deacon Jeffrey Fort Camp and Barb Fort Camp here in the Saint Gabriel Cafe. December twenty eighth, we commemorate the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and I know a big plan that Catholic cemeteries has is a, is a, the Garden of the Holy Innocents. Tell us about that.
3: Yes. Um, it's a sacred place in our uh, Resurrection Cemetery where babies who have been miscarried um, can be buried for free. Um, this cemetery, we will go and pick the baby up from the hospital or a family can bring them into us, and then we will bury them in that area. And um, unfortunately, last March when we had a windstorm, our our statue fell down. So hmm. we decided, you know, it's time to just do some updates. So we're doing a, a big campaign to really make that a, a very special place for people to come. And I know my office overlooks that area and every day there's, sorry, I get emotional because it's a beautiful thing, but families are there every day praying and visiting their babies. So it's a beautiful thing.
0: And our, our, our friend's at, uh, back in his arms again have really, yeah. I think, brought to the forefront that um, burials are possible mm-hmm. uh, for uh, mis- yeah. miscarried uh, uh, children. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was even well-known in the not-too-distant future. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. in the right. not-too-distant yeah. yeah.
7: past. you yeah. right. yeah. and, yeah. and my wife and I have experienced um, the loss of a loved one during pregnancy, and it's tragic, it's emotional, but at the same time, most of our our medical profession looks at, um, the child in the womb often as medical waste, particularly, um, when there's a death, um, pre, um, delivery. And so, um, so often those children and their, their children, um, are products of medical waste. And so what we've got good partnerships and, uh, with, um, Hospital systems in Columbus to communicate that we can come and take those children and um, and bury them in the Garden of the Holy Innocents, and it's it's a beautiful beautiful ministry.
0: It, it gets right to the um, the dignity of the uh, of the human person, and as we're having this discussion, that's what these services are all about is recognizing protecting um the dignity of the human person through burial and and then really caring for their families in that regard as well
7: absolutely Mm -hmm. yes
0: a light just went off (laughs) 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 fantastic uh deacon jeffrey fort camp rich finn barb fort camp here in the uh, st gabriel cafe what else uh, should our friends know about uh the services and then uh, the care that you provide? What what haven't we touched on?
7: Well, I definitely want to welcome visitors to our cemeteries. As we talked about, it's a beautiful grounds. It's a place where even if you don't have a loved one, um, you can bury it at the cemetery. Just come and, and, and walk the grounds. Um, our gates are open basically from sunrise to sunset, and um, you can just be... Present um, and, and um, it's just a, hopefully a holy, sacred place. And um, and then you know again, uh, Rich uh, extended the invitation for individuals to to call and just just learn more. Go to our website, but uh, Catholic Cemeteries of Columbus, all spelled out dot com, and and learn more about our um, our cemeteries and the work that we do. Um, but. I would just encourage individuals to plan not and it's not even about us or business for us. It's just, um, just to not fear death. And, and I know that sounds crazy to say, but, uh, we have nothing to fear. You know, if, if our faith is such that we understand that our savior was willing to suffer and die for us, but he also rose. And so we have nothing to fear, um, so it, if we can help to articulate, memorialize what we want, um, how we want um, to prepare, where we want our bodies to rest, how we want to um, have uh, the funeral rites celebrated, um, to take care of all that, and, and even to go one step further and, and, and try to, to the best you can to prepay for that so that it's – it's taken care of and it's it's done the way you want I think is is a gift that you can give to your loved ones mm-hmm.
0: you mentioned uh, visiting the cemeteries I think it's important to keep in mind too that there that this is sacred ground right and, and so the disposition of people that do want to visit a cemetery to be respectful and um, and and to treat it as, as as holy ground are there people when when you visit when you come to one of the cemeteries to help you find a grave site? How do you go about that? And rather than just meandering around?
7: Yeah. So, um, so that's a great question. We, we actually, as if, if those listening in, in the business world can appreciate, uh, big databases of, of, and, and computer systems, we just switched, um, from a 40 year old DOS based computer system to a uh, more modern, uh, way to maintain and access all that data. So we do have all of the records of everyone that's been buried, where they're buried in a, um, a database, and that's available if folks want to call or walk into one of our offices, and we can even print them a map and say, this is where grandma's buried, and uh, or <laughs> grandma mm-hmm. and grandpa, or, or whatever, whoever it might be, at, for all four of our cemeteries. <clears throat>
6: Right and with this new database uh, there'll soon be an app available where people can actually put that app on your phone and type in the name of the person you're searching for mm-hmm. and the GPS will take you right to it. So it's a, it's a nice system it'll, it'll work very well for us.
0: And friends I think
6: especially as so many
0: families gather together uh during the Christmas season what a what a great opportunity to to visit uh your, your loved ones, uh, that are departed and, and, and make it a point of, um, of celebrating all of our, all of our feasts and you know, all the, uh, those liturgical dates, uh, not to forget about, uh, our departed. Um, I tend to think, uh, you know, of visiting around Memorial Day or, uh, but this is really something that, uh, whenever a family gathers to, to make a point uh, of praying for them at meals and at, at the get togethers, but then also actually physically visiting them.
7: Yeah. And what, what's, what's wonderful. One of the things I love about our cemeteries and, and, and then the database of information that we have is um, it really feeds uh, this interest in history and genealogy. So um, we have a lot of individuals uh, trying to kind of piece back, you mm. know, their, their history and where, you know, generations before them um, are buried, and then you start getting into all these wonderful histories. I know I'm able to go back multiple generations, and just being able to connect all of that history is just wonderful. And um, so we've got uh, staff that spend a lot of time kind of digging through, um, you know, online obituaries and trying to piece things together and making sure our records are correct and accurate. And um, so it's, it's a lot of ex- <laughs> It, as odd as it may sound, it's kind of exciting, to, but it's 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 wonderful that we have this history and this tradition, um, and again, it's honoring who we are as, as human beings, and our dignity and our value.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Rich Finn, Deacon Jeffrey Fourcamp, Barb Fourcamp. Thanks for being with us here, in, in the in the Saint Gabriel Cafe. We wish you a blessed Advent and a joyous uh, Christmas season. So thanks. Thanks thank for being yeah, with this us. Is,
7: this has been a great morning. If, yeah. if only this was happening every day of the week from 8 to 9 a.m., right?
0: We should give that a try, yeah. shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do
6: that. <laughs> uh, God bless you. This God is bless wonderful. You guys. Yeah, thank you.
0: Um, can you uh, leave us with a prayer uh, for for our families, for our departed loved ones, and, uh, and your blessing?
7: Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of life. And echoing the words of my pastor, Father Sean Dooley, this weekend in his homilies, let us be filled with your Holy Spirit in risk embarrassment, being embarrassed for our love for Jesus Christ, willing to suffer death, a thousand deaths, so that we may know your love today, tomorrow, and eternity. And we ask this through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and Amen. The Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Rich, Deacon Jeffrey, Barb, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Coming up tomorrow, we have Father Ramon Owera here in the cafe with us. We're talking about Gabi, mm. which is a Filipino tradition of celebrating the Advent and Christmas season together. So looking forward to having Father Ramon. Great lineup this week. Uh, If you haven't already picked up your copy of Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family, be sure to do that. You can order them online, or we also encourage you to pick them up locally if you can make it over to Generations or to the Marian Gift Shop at St. Paul. So support our friends here in Columbus. Amanda, dancing tonight?
1: (laughs) ha. Maybe not tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So great to be with you, friends. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back here tomorrow at 8 a.m. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen.
0: God bless you all. See you tomorrow morning.